This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Everything Evolves, the world's only podcast devoted exclusively to Evolve Wrestling. And folks, this is the 30th episode of Everything Evolves. I'm Aaron, joined by Aaron. How does that make you feel, AT? Feels pretty good. We've been really, we've been really casting. I don't know why, because it's like we've hit 25 before and I never really thought about it. But for some reason, 30 is just like, oh, wow, we've, we've done a lot of podcasts. Or not a lot. I mean, it's only 30. It's twice a month, but... I don't know. We're we're getting up there. We're we're entering our prime podcasts. I I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true. Yep. Uh, here's what we're going to talk about on today's podcast. Of course, we're going to break down this weekend's Evolve 112 and Evolve 113. Of course, uh, that the weekend starts on Friday night in Joppa, Maryland, and then goes to Queens. Uh, at Laboom on Saturday. But before that, we're going to talk a little bit about some other wrestling that we've seen lately. And not just because we did it and we want to talk about it, but I think there are some interesting things we can take away from those shows uh, and how they relate to Evolve or how Evolve kind of fits in the uh, the wrestling landscape. We're going to talk about that, and I think we'll talk a little bit about Velveteen Dream, his involvement on the shows this weekend. So first, uh, I think the first show that either of us has gone to recently, uh, you were there at Joey Janela's Lost in New York, and you had uh, a lot of takes on that that you shared on the podcast account that uh, apparently some people didn't like, AT. Yeah, we got we got blocked by Joey Janela for my uh, <laughs> Joey Janela's Lost in New York takes, um, or at least I think that's what it was. Um, yeah, I didn't really think it was a good show. And, and it's like, I really enjoyed these shows in the past, like I, I mean, anyone who listens to the show knows how much we adore the two WrestleMania spring break shows. Um, but yeah, it was fascinating. Cause at first I was like all ready to like totally dump on Evolve because it was at this venue, the Melrose, ba- Melrose ballroom, which is also in Queens. It's closer to my apartment and more convenient than Laboom. And they had this giant video board and they're playing all these like pre-match videos that they made. And the crowd is just fucking jazzed to be there from the very beginning. I mean, it was just like a hot crowd and also like a hot crowd. Like the there were more attractive people in this crowd than I've ever seen in a wrestling show. Like that was one thing I was struck by. I was like, oh, there are like good looking like folks here. Um and this is really hurting your uh, never horny rep, AT. <laughs> I mean, not that I was like horning out, but I was just like, oh, these people have like good facial structures. Like they're dressed like they look like they've like, you know, the dudes have like, you know, shaved their facial hair into like appropriate patterns. And like the people here are trying and this is cool and right. hip. And, of, would you and say people- there were a lot of swag duck dudes? There were a lot of swag duck dudes. Um, Aaron's referencing a shirt I'm wearing. It's 
this this character called Swag Duck Dude. Um, the shirt's like uh, you should looking look at the up. shirt right now. You should, just, you should just look up Swag Duck Dude on the internet <laughs> and just see what real style looks like. Um, anyway, like yeah, people were like it was like a cool crowd and. Like, we definitely had some insufferable people behind us. But in any event, the part that's relevant to Evolve is that, like, if this show turned a profit, right? Like, if they made money, a decent amount of money on their Smellrose Ballroom with, like, proper... It was, like, a proper show. Like, there was, like, appropriate lighting. And there was, like, a stage with, like, a big video screen. And everything looked nice. And everything... You could hear everyone on the house mic really well. And, um, you know, everything just looked good. And the crowd was like hot to begin with. And you were just like, wow, why is Evolve like this? Like, like that's the one thing is like, did they make money on the show? Cause if GZW like made money on the show, right. If that building wasn't like too expensive to rent that they weren't able to make money, there's just no reason that Evolve's production value should be, so bad and they can't have like a cool professional looking show um but then like the wrestling like the mjf versus nate webb match was great we just played they did a lot of just like sort of like fun wrestling comedy but then the rest of the show was just like abysmal man and that's the thing like a lot of the shows we went to it's like the high points were really high but like i really came out of this show really appreciating Evolve's consistency because like you rarely see something on Evolve show that was as bad as like the Teddy Hart, Chris Dickinson match, which was just like brutal. And then there was like Nick Gage versus Sabu. Like there was a lot of like nostalgia on the show. I think that if you were really into wrestling in the late nineties, um, like it probably resonated with you more. Like, they had the Sandman come out and confront Stokely Hathaway. And it's, I don't know. I feel like there's been like there's ECW nostalgia has been around longer than there was ECW. And I'm just like, it's, it's been almost 20 years now. Like I, I'm completely okay with ECW slander. Not sure I can stand for this dirty daddy slander though. Look, we love the dirty daddy on this show. And, but this match was not good. Like Teddy Hart is like, not really, not really for me. I don't really see the appeal. Like, why would you, like, why would you book this guy who's like not that good at wrestling and also a bad person and also totally unreliable? Um, yeah, you, you make some valid points. <laughs> right, right. I just like I don't really see this sort of. I don't get it. But um, well, uh, Joey clearly is not that picky about who he. I mean. As far as people, he's not that concerned about that, I don't think, uh, for who he's bringing in. Sure. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of... Um, so, yeah, it was just, like, a weird show with a lot of, like, the old ECW nostalgia. And the Riddle versus PCO match was fun and good. I don't know. It just, like, wasn't for me, I guess, is sort of the main takeaway. It's, like... Well, um, what do you think was the difference between that show and the Spring Break shows? I think the Spring Break shows were a little more innovative they were a little more fun like for instance like marty Janetti was also like a um you know a nostalgia act but like 
unlike Sabu, they sort of reinvented him by like having this whole storyline with Joey Janela wanting to wrestle him, and it felt fresh. Whereas with Sabu, it's like, oh, I'm sure Sabu has like been doing the same things on Shindy's for like 15 years now. Do you think the the gimmick of what JL is doing is just overexposed at this point? Ooh. Yes and no. No, because I think that like, it's like you need some real galaxy brain stuff to sort of like wash out. Like they had that, that ladder match with like, Eli Everfly and Tony Deppin and those guys. And it just, that went on forever. Yeah. It just like was not a good wrestling show. And I think that like on some of the other shows, there's all like the PCO Walter match was like a great wrestling match. Um, you know, the cluster, I love the clusterfuck. I think the clusterfuck is like so funny and so like smartly booked. And I really enjoy that. Um, so it's not so much that like I was looking for like, you know, some great technical wrestling, but it just felt it the show just felt staler in a way that uh the previous um shows had felt fresh. But the production values the thing I guess the thing to tie it in with Evolve is that the production values were just like terrific. And you hope that like I don't know. I hope that this competition pushes Evolve to like up their game in terms of production. Right. And then we uh, both descended on Chicago, Illinois this past weekend for several shows. Uh, you were in town on Thursday night, right? For AAW's uh, show, both nights at Logan Square Auditorium, right? Mm-hmm. right? But so I was only there for Friday. I've heard insane things about the Thursday night show. Hard for me to believe based on how the Friday night show went, but uh, apparently it was a really good time. Oh, yeah. The Thursday night show was just a fucking blast. Like, it just um, started off hot with, um, like, uh, David Starr and Eddie Kingston winning the tag titles, and we saw... Uh, Evolve legend Stephen Wolf was there. He had a fun little match. Um, yeah, there were just some wild brawls. And, like, ACH versus Jeff Cobb was just tremendous. Like, ACH is so fucking good. And I was like, what? How did he, like, why, how was he in Evolve for nine months? And they did, like, nothing with him. And and then the main event was, like, the Lucha Bros versus uh, Bandito and Flamita. And that was wild yeah it was just a great show and um yeah i had a blast um the second night wasn't as good but a couple things stood out from from kind of this weekend from aaw um one of them was just like how good trevor lee is i don't know if anyone is watching this company or if he's doing this gimmick elsewhere but he's become an extraordinary promo. He's like my favorite promo right now. He, he cut like three or four promos over the course of this weekend. And he was just, he was just doing this gimmick of like, that kind of resonated with me as someone who like lived in North Carolina briefly, just sort of a country dude who thinks he's the shit. Um, he was just funny and over the top and, and just really, really good. Um, 
But I guess the take home to Revolve I felt from this weekend is that like that venue, that Logan Square Auditorium is so nice. Great can, building. It's right on the blue line on public transit. Um, you know, they have these nice chandeliers. It looks great in the building. It looks great on your computer. The crowd was so hot. Um, you know, and it just felt like, like one of my, like our friend, friend of the show, former of Everything Evolves guest co-host, uh, Nate, the Pittacist on Twitter turned to me during the show. He was like, just in the middle of this hot fucking crowd for this opening, you know, tag team title match. And he was like, do you see why Evolve doesn't get good reactions here in Chicago? And it was like, oh yeah, like being in this crowd and then being at like whatever dumpy middle school they're at. Like I can see, I can see the difference. Right. And it, it starts with the production and or with the presentation. Like there's no question in my mind that there is just as good. The talent is just as good and involved as it is in AEW. Right. Or at least it's comparable. Right. I, I don't think there's really any debate about that. I mean, at least at Evolve, I don't have to sit through a fucking Sammy Callahan match. So it's got that going for it. Oh, God. I'll probably never go to AW again. Like, really? I hate Sammy Callahan that much. <laughs> wow. I just hate everything about him. I hate his entire presentation. I hate uh, just looking at him. I just hate the guy. Don't have any interest in seeing him. Uh, and I've gone to AW twice, and both times I'm like, this fucking guy. So... Anyway, uh, but the wrestling is comparable. So why is it so much better? Well, one, they've built up a better – obviously, they run more in Chicago, so maybe it's easier to build up a better uh, crowd. But they have built up a better crowd. They've built up people who come there to and expect to be loud and react to what's going on. And it looks like a major league promotion. I think that's so important. That's it. Yes. Yeah. That's no, I agree. And also like having like one where place where evolves at a disadvantage and it's like not really their fault is that having real music is such a difference maker. Yeah. What does, uh, well, you probably don't know either. I don't know what AW does. Well, they stream though. Yeah. I'm, I imagine, I feel like they're probably just like breaking the law. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I don't really think that like, I can't imagine that they're paying for, the rights to Lupe Fiasco. I don't right? know. I feel confident or not. <laughs> so, like, I feel like they're probably just like doing what they're doing, and right. I feel like evolve like they have a relationship with WWE. They're like, I think they're more they're more cautious, right? They're like, Gabe's been in this game a little bit longer. He's like, I'm not gonna fucking lose my shirt over using real music without permission, right? And that's fair. Um. But- but it does help to have like some real jams and like having that kind of like sing along or I don't know. I think it's right. AW just it felt to me like they're a little more aware of the zeitgeist and a little more in tune with what's going on. How so? Well, I mean, although they book Sammy Callahan, so maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. But it felt I don't know. You know, it, this is probably bubble-related, but it felt like they have the dudes who everybody's talking about. And they – the music plays into that. Uh, the presentation played into that. But it felt like 
they 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 feel like more of what people uh, care about or what people are interested in right now than Evolve does. You disagree with that? No, that's fair. No, it it did feel like that way, but then also by the same token, like the the Saturday the Friday night show sucked. It was long. It was terrible. Yeah, but that's the only one I went to. And I still still got that feeling from it. Yeah, they were in the zeitgeist. But also they did like a title change that nobody cared about that got like they had a Brody King. Brody King beat ACH for the title. Nobody reacted. It was three and a half hours into like the main event started like three and a half hours into like okay a show. And it was like I was like, look, man. I tweeted it. I was like, Gabe would never do that to us. He but would the, never start the main event three and a half hours into the show. But the match like is what flat the match. The match is what killed the reaction. I don't think Brody King winning the title was destined to get a nothing reaction. I think it was maybe a combination of both. That may and be also, true. Like, and also, like, if you're going to do a big title change, you should be like running the rest of your show to try to make sure that it like stands out and isn't like. That your crowd isn't just, like, dead. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, that was AEW. It was fun. I, it still was okay. It, it was a, there were some really cool parts. Yeah. Of I mean, Trevor show. Lee saved that show, too. There was a funny match where, um, basically, at one point during the match, like, uh, there was, like, a, a Sammy Callahan tag team match. Against, no. no, Sammy Callahan against Jimmy Jacobs. A singles match, and they a guy got on the house mic who was just like from the venue and was like, Quit breaking our chairs, assholes. And then, like, just started yelling at them <laughs> to stop breaking their chairs. Like, I don't think it was an angle, I think it was just this like the bartender was pissed about them breaking their chairs. And then, like, after the match, like, Trevor Lee got on the mic and was introducing Eddie Kicks, and it was like, This man has killed, this man has killed people, not crowds. It just like destroyed every. It just like killed everyone. It was great. Yeah. Did you read um, the stuff about the whether the security guard like flashed a gun to Sammy Callahan? Wait, what? Oh, you haven't read anything about no. this? Okay, so after the match, the security guards kind of come up on Sammy Callahan, and they kind of get in his face. So Sammy said he thought it was part of the show, so he kind of pushed them. Like you know, we're getting yeah. into each other's face about this. And allegedly, one of the security guards showed Sammy that maybe he was carrying a gun and that it wasn't part of the show. Uh, so if you noticed you know, where we were sitting, you can kind of look up in the balcony and kind of watch the wrestlers watching the show, which as longtime Evolve Podheads know, I find fun. Right. And uh, Callahan never appeared again. So I think he left the the auditorium after his match. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, maybe there was a gun involved. Yeah, that's some real territory shit. <laughs> yeah, I hope I'm, I hope Emil J found out about it. It's like firing up, <laughs> taking it back. That was need more guns in wrestling. <laughs> um, All right, so that was AEW. Yeah. It was uh, it was fine. There was a great uh, AR Fox Myron Reed versus uh, Flamita and Bandito match. The highlight of which was AR Fox seeing my Skulk t-shirt and being very into it. Yeah, that was a big moment for our podcast. It really was. It really was. Uh, AR Fox almost died like twice during that match. 
Not uncommon for AR Fox, but I'm not usually sitting right next to him when it happens. Yeah. Pretty brutal. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, the uh, the big event of the weekend, All In. Uh, I think we appeared to have slightly different reactions to it, you especially. I had a weird, uh, yeah, I had a weird experience. I was dealing with uh, some personal issues during the show that sort of uh, interfere with my enjoyment. Uh, probably shouldn't say any more than that. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. yeah. I'll tell. I'll tell you guys when I see you in person. Uh, <laughs> all our listeners, we, we are personal friends with all our listeners. Yeah, I mean, right? We like. I feel like we are personal friends with most of them. I feel like a lot of the numbers are just bot traffic, and everyone who's listening is just like our friends on the internet. Um, <laughs> Well, luckily, you have a lot of followers on Twitter, so it's. I think it's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, all in. Uh, but the, I mean, we talked a little bit about all in when it first happened and when they first sold out and all that. I talked about how big it was for uh, workers and being able to you know, seize the means of production and do their own thing. And uh, it played out that way, right? I mean, they sold out the place. The place was packed when the pre-show started there were very few empty seats when the pre-show started the merch line was nuts you know, there's i guess the report in the observer was they did 500,000 in merch or pro wrestling tees did 500,000 in merch uh which is nuts the gate was around 4 to 500,000 we don't know how all that's you know split up and whatnot but uh from that perspective it ruled like from just the side of like what it was I absolutely adored it. I felt great when Cody and the Bucks walked out at the beginning of the show and it was like, oh, this is uh, these guys show. That's very cool. They had the whole like super professional setup. And uh, I just think it was a really big moment for pro wrestling. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, the crowd was nuts. The people who liked being the elite, like left the build. Like that dude who was sitting next to us, who was hitting on your wife? Oh yeah. Who like turned to, who turned to his friend after the show and was like, "This is one of the best live events I've ever been to." Yeah. Well, he like, he told Sarah while he was hitting on her that he I think he hasn't been into wrestling that long. Yeah, he just got into it. He got into WWE and then he found out about like you know Bullet Club and uh, so yeah, I think the show was more for those people for sure. Right. It, and like, good on them. That's fu- you know, whatever. It doesn't the, bother me. I was just blown away by how like hot the crowd was from the uh, very beginning. It was, it was yes. insane. Um, it was. It it just speaks to like, well, I don't know. Everybody's done this to death, but it's true. You know that all these guys have just kind of been themselves and done their own thing, and people just buy into them as people. And yeah. yeah. Are they playing characters? Of course, but there's some uh, sincerity and like legitimacy to it and people buy into that yeah and i want to put a pin in that i want to we'll come back to the idea of like authenticity Mm. a little later in the show Mm. yeah so that was that was the thing for me is that it was about authenticity and it was about well that you can get people to uh, if you can get people to like you as a person in today's uh media age it translates to what we saw it all in. So now how can we apply that to evolve? Perhaps we'll talk about that. Maybe that's what Aaron's going to tell us more about later in the show. 
Yeah. It's a little anyway, teaser, dude. Yeah, nice. yeah. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't yeah. like you. It wasn't totally for me, but I appreciated that and I could enjoy it regardless. Like I knew it wasn't for me, uh, but there was plenty of good stuff. The Janela Adam Page match was a lot of fun. The, um, of course, the main event was excellent, was insane. I know a lot of people were pissed because it went quickly, but like, how can you be mad about <laughs> they just. They did all their shit, but they ran through it in 13 minutes. I don't know. It's a lot of fun for me. And uh, the Pentagon Omega match was a lot of fun. So plenty of stuff to enjoy, even for me, when it wasn't really uh, my deal. For sure. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Evolve. Let's that do was it. like, uh, uh, sorry for such a, another, I don't know. Well, at least we weren't talking, like, at least we were talking about wrestling. Right. That um, one guy won't tweet us about how we talk about politics again. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's the the big thing, I guess, going into the Evolve weekend is that uh, the Velveteen Dream is going to be appearing for the live crowd only on these shows. I think it's interesting. They did the Adam Cole thing, uh, what, a couple months ago? And so clearly that's this is what they're going to use some of their relationship for is to bring in these guys. Kind of makes more sense with Velveteen Dream, I think, because you might learn something from uh, some of these wrestlers uh, as opposed to Adam Cole, who kind of is what he is. But I will say this for Velveteen Dream. I don't, I'm not that into him as a wrestler. But I will say this. He has at least put in the effort of he's been doing tweets. He did the promo video. Unless maybe Adam Cole did that and I didn't see it. But I don't recall any of that happening. Uh, but it feels like Velveteen Dream is at least invested in these matches. And if you don't know, he's going to wrestle Austin Theory the first night and uh, Darby Allen in Queens. Yeah. And I think that, like... It makes sense, right? Um, Velveteen Dream is a guy who wrestled on the indies, right, with MCW and in that kind of Maryland area, but he never became a, a big star on the indies. So it's like this is his chance to kind of like go and be an indie star for a weekend and wrestle in the main event in front of an indie crowd at Evolve. So I could see why it would be exciting to him as a fun thing. And, and obviously one of the, the joke. The Jopa show. I've been calling it Joppa this whole time, but it's it sounds like it's pronounced Jopa. And uh, that's like in his the arena where he trained and where he grew up as a wrestler. So, yeah, you can tell that this guy, like, it's cool that he gives a shit and he's promoting these matches and, you know, he's talking about the indie dream on, on Twitter. I think it's dope. I think it's really cool that, like, to see a person who's, like, coming to this promotion and, and it's not just like, oh, I'm doing, you know, WWE is doing a favor for, you know, you know, it's not like he's not like going about it like someone who's doing a bob a favor. He's going about it like someone who's like genuinely excited to have these matches. Um, the problem I feel like with them not being broadcast is that they're like kind of not canon and most people won't see them. So that, that like mutes my excitement a little bit. But on the other hand, like the Velveteen Dream versus Darby Allen, that's a great match. Like I would be annoyed if I weren't going to the show live and I were going to miss this match because this is a great match, right? Like I think that it's two very sort of, you know, two very clearly defined, unusual, larger than lifestyle characters who are you know, opposites when you compare kind of like the opulence and the flamboyance of the Velveteen Dream and Darby Allen's sort of crust punk aesthetic, goth aesthetic. 
Um, I think that it's, yeah, I think it's just going to be a great match. And I, and Darby's the man he's, I think we were starting to see in the mini docs that they're positioning him as the guy in Matt Riddle's in the wake of Matt Riddle's departure. And I think that that's the clear and correct decision. I think he's excellent. And so, yeah, I think that, um, yeah, I'm excited for this match. I'm excited that Velveteen Dream is like promoting it and trying I feel like at some point they just Gabe's got to use whatever like social capital he hit he has in that organization and be like, can you just can you just let us air these matches? Like, is it going to cost the WWE a single fucking cent, or or, or is it going to cost them anything that matters to their bottom line to have people who all have the club WWN be able to see this match? Or even if you wanted to put it on the WWE Network or on the WWE website, whatever. Just like it sucks that they have these matches and there's no way to see them. Uh, like, let's be honest. Evolve is going to make more money off the tickets they'll sell than they would off putting this on their streaming service. Right. And even if they made some money on the streaming service, are they are they taking that money away from WWE? Would anyone would they would anyone would any of the WWE executives notice for like a single fucking second if, you know, 50 people, you know, 100 people unsubscribed from the network and got Club WWN for a month instead? I, I just, I don't know. It's just like, it's just one of those things where it's like, they're just such shitheads, the WWE, you know? It's like, you yeah. can't, you can't just let, let us have this. Also, like, isn't there something to be said for that somebody might see this who doesn't watch NXT and become interested and want to subscribe to the network to watch Velveteen Dream more? I don't know. Uh, I'm not nearly as excited. I mean, I'm not going to see the match ever, so I don't care. But I am not. wouldn't be nearly as excited as you. I feel like, I don't know. I don't think Velveteen Dream is much of a wrestler. And if Darby's going to do Darby, Velveteen Dream's going to have to be on top most of the match. And uh, I think we both know how that's going to go. I think it's going to be good. My prediction is that it's good. Well, does, I mean, you'll be able to tell me it was good. and I'll. Yeah, I'll that's what I was going to say. I was going to say <laughs> I'm going to be right because, um, you know, you won't be able to see it. And I could just report right. back on the show that it was great. Yeah. Um, but cool. yeah, I'm excited. I think it's like, yeah, it's going to be fun. And I hope that it's like a good crowd. And I think that that really helped that. We talked a little bit about how the on Twitter about how the Queens card was not as like there wasn't as much of like a big match in the way that there usually is on these queen shows, right? Like it looked like a show that was going to be good up and down the card, but they didn't have that, that big time main event kind of match. And now they do. And now, yeah, I think it's an interesting show. We'll, we'll talk more about it. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about evolve One Twelve. Do you think it's Jopa? I thought just Joey Janela said that wrong. I think I've heard new several people say Jopa. We saw, um, you know, a WWN expert uh, Jacob Cohen in uh, in Chicago, and, and he he described it as uh, Jopa. In huh. when we talked, we were talking about. All right. Well, I can try that. I can try um, that. But um, yeah. Also, quick, quick shit. I finally, I finally saw that Matt Riddle mini doc. Um, oh, the one that Kenny did? Yeah. Speaking of authenticity, right? Yeah. Check out, check out Kenny, 
Kenny Johnson's uh, mini doc on Matt Riddle. If you haven't already seen it, it's so good. Um, it really humanizes Matt Riddle and really sort of um, really gives you a sense that he means it when he talks about how much he cares about his fans and talks about like how much he loves like living the dream and how he's trying to like savor and seize the moment. Um, yeah, I thought it was just a really, really good, sweet documentary and, um, you know, good for him. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Oh, Kenny's great. Yeah. Uh, I did that tweet, uh, after seeing the documentary, which, uh, people liked, and I was sad that I hadn't mentioned this on the show, so I'll tell the story now, uh, in case you didn't see the tweet. Um, when we were in Chicago for Evolve, uh, Sarah and I, and we were there with uh, Epitasis, we were in the second row, and Riddle came around, you know, fist bumping everybody. And right in front of us, there was a young woman who was uh, in a wheelchair, and she was with someone. And Matt Riddle came around, bumped the people who were standing up on both sides of her, then came back to the young woman in the wheelchair, stuck his fist out, looked her dead in the eye and just said, you know, I wouldn't forget about you. And it was like it was this small moment that you had to be in that little part of the uh, of the venue to see. It clearly was just meant for her and not meant for anybody else. And uh, it was very touching and sweet. And it was like Matt Riddle's probably a pretty good dude. Maybe. He's at I least mean, good. I don't know. He, he comes off as a fans. good dude. He's good to that? his fans. He's good yeah, to I his think fans. That, I think he's good to his fans. I, you never know with wrestlers. I'm not no. saying that he's a bad dude, but I also like, right. you yeah, never know. I, no, I'm think, hesitant to say that about anybody. Right. Uh, all I mean is that he seems like he's he genuinely cares about his fans and is good to them. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, this was a really nice, yeah, I thought it did good. It's it sort of like. Yeah, just because I've heard some people say like, Oh, he's just playing that up. Of you know, he tried to like get the fans to like him, but it's not genuine. And I, I just, I don't buy that. That's the only point that I'm making. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We were harsh on him on this show a lot, and yeah, but about his performance. I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I never said he was a bad dude. Correct. All right. So uh, Velveteen Dream will take on Austin Theory. Do you think WWE picked who these matches were going to be against? Or do you think Gabe picked it? Maybe. Although Evolve, dude, they had this like, yeah, it's like you see the midi docs and you're like, oh, yeah, tell me the real story. Show me the real guy. Give me that authenticity. That's what I'm connecting with. And then you see like the um, like the Evolve special report where they have Timothy Barr give kind of like go over the rundown of like what's going on in the company and they were talking about this Austin Theory Velveteen Dream match. And he just kept going on about how it was like a future WrestleMania main event. And just kept pushing and pushing. And like, one day you can tell your grandkids about seeing <laughs> Austin Theory versus the Velveteen Dream. And it was just so like patronizing. And I think you you could talk about it it's like, oh, these two guys have a lot of potential you know, it's two up and coming stars. Like those are all true things, but going on about how these guys are like surefire, like WWE main eventers is just kind of like, firstly, not even just WWE main event, like WrestleMania main events. It's like, they don't have a new, you got like one new WrestleMania main eventer every like 
10 years at this point. You know? Right. Like, Look, unless you worked in WWE in uh, 2005, you're not going to be main eventing WrestleMania anytime soon. Yeah, at least until 2030, you know? <laughs> um, and all, and it's also true, like, like Velveteen Dream is super over in NXT. He's doing a good job, but, like, if he's going to be a WWE main eventer, it's going to have to come after Vince McMahon dies. No doubt about that. Don't you see that as just, like, a gimmick that's just, like, bound to to just they're not gonna have they're gonna have no idea how to present it properly in the the main roster and it'll be terrible i don't have to say that just like when's the last time that they created someone who was a a big star (laughs) sure right it doesn't even matter that yes you're right but it also gimmick like his uh is like destined to like be horribly ruined on Raw. Yeah, not um, to mention that they don't have black champions in the company. He's going in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, ugh. um, yeah. A lot. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I just felt like, yeah, maybe WWE picked it or maybe, I don't know. Um, but, but definitely, it definitely felt like they were pushing this as a bigger match than it is when it's like, you could have, like, you could have sold it honestly and just been like, yeah, it's two up-and-coming stars in the business. It's Velveteen Dream's return to Jopa, where he was in... The- like, all those things are true things and could make people excited about it. But when you start sort of promoting it to that level of being like, oh, this is like... like this is a historic match, you know? It just feels like... Um, as a viewer, I'm like, this is bullshit. Why are you lying to me? Right. Yeah, it's it's inauthentic. It's inauthentic. But I'm sure right. it'll be decent, I guess. I don't know. I won't see it, so I'll never know. Nope. All right. The WWN Championship match on the show, Joey Janela with Penelope Ford, takes on AR Fox with the Skulk. This was set up because Fox beat Janela in a singles match at Evolve 108, and then one in a four-way Janela was involved in at Evolve 111. Uh, Janela mentioned all that in the, the promo that... <laughs> that evolved posted of his, uh, where this was this was originally going to be Joey Janela against Austin Theory, uh, but they switched this around when the Velveteen Dream thing happened. And Janela's like, this is even better because AR Fox at least actually uh, deserves a title shot, and uh, I, that's all true. Uh, so I don't know. What do you think about this one? The controversial Joey Janela. Yeah, yeah, a lot of controversy I saw online today about it. Yeah, everyone. So yeah, the big email update today was like controversial Joey Janela promo. Like of all officials weren't sure if we should release it. It's so controversial, but we're like publishing it on our email and on our YouTube channels. And the promo was just like Joey Janela just being like, you know, they wanted me to go out and like talk about how everyone's talking about Velveteen Dream coming to evolve, but really they're talking about me at all in. And that was like the extent of like the controversy and the stuff that like evolve officials didn't want you to see. And it's just like, it's like that sort of thing where it's like, why are you doing this? At least try to work me, you know, (laughs) right. At least try to, if you're doing a big controversial angle, at least try to make it look real. Don't half ass it and be like, and it's like, 
controversial. You can't declare something controversial out of the gate. It has to generate a controversy <laughs> afterwards. Like the controver- like things are not implicitly controversial or only controversial if people are like talking about them. It's not like you can't just be like release a video and be like, there's a lot of controversy around this video that like three people have seen. (laughs) It's just like that. It's like that sort of thing where it's like, why do you insist on this sort of like used car salesman promotional style when everything around you is telling you that the thing that's selling out 10,000 seat arenas is authenticity. It's just a total misread of like this audience and, and this moment, right? In this moment of like, we live in, you know, the hyper normalization world and people are just craving, you know, some piece of like sincerity. And, and it's just, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, That's why all these dumbasses like Emil J who go on about, oh, who decided to make wrestling like this? It was so much better when it was whatever dumb shit happened in 1982. And it's like, how, how much less could you get it? How much less could you understand the world that we live in? It's not just in wrestling. It's all entertainment. People want to think that the entertainers that they enjoy are their friends, are people that they could imagine uh, hanging out with in real life, are people that they care about. There's so much out there to consume that we have to, uh, we want ourselves to believe that we're spending our time, what we're spending our time on has value because these are people worth caring about. So if you only present to me things that there's no reason for me to care about, no reason for me to think this is a genuine person. It's like the Matt Riddle thing. If Matt Riddle, if they wanted Matt Riddle to be a babyface and evolve, he should have been that Matt Riddle from the mini doc. Yes. That made me care about him more than I'd ever cared about him throughout his entire existence as a wrestler. Yep. Be that guy. He should have been John Cena. Right. The guy who does go around and make special moments for the the little kid in the front row or whatever, you know, just like the guy who has a real family and a real life and he's trying to provide for them, but he's also getting to live this dream that he appreciates is built because all these people care about him and want to pay money to come see him. Like that was compelling. It's not compelling for Matt Riddle to be pro wrestler, Matt Riddle, which he isn't really, but that's, yeah, right. Right. That's so much more compelling than him being like, Oh, I'm going to get really mad at this guy for a week and then go back to being like, this was this, this was the backstory we needed to like explain all of the other stuff. I mean, and to be honest, it's like Velveteen Dream, who isn't authentic. There's Mm -hmm. nothing compelling about him because he's playing pro wrestler. The truth about Velveteen Dream, and it shows in his interest in this Evolve stuff, is he badly wants to be an indie star. It hurts him that he was not an indie star. He feels less than legitimate because there are other guys who came up that way and he did it. He couldn't make it there. Tell that story. That's interesting. I disagree in the sense that I do think he's compelling, but I think that's because he's like so over the top. I don't know. 
but you but you know what my point is yes. regardless yeah right right yes he doesn't feel like a real person right and that can be entertaining no doubt about it and god bless right. him i mean he's gotten over and people like it that's great but yeah. it will never connect on the same level as daniel bryan right it just won't People right. will never be invested in him in that way. They enjoy seeing him come out. They enjoy his matches. That's all great. But what you need is that uh, investment where he just grabs you and you feel real emotions about this person that you don't know. I mean, right. the Cody thing got me emotional, and I have no interest in Cody Rhodes as a wrestler. Right. But you had to buy into it. It was impossible not to appreciate what was happening in front of you. That this guy, I mean, if you if you read that, uh, not the most recent piece, but that last piece that was on The Ringer about Cody, how he feels about his father and like his whole life is kind of like trying to live up to his dad. And a lot of people can relate to that in one way or another. And then you get to see him capture this thing that really ties him to his father. And it's just beautiful. I mean, right. how you couldn't feel something out of that. Uh, I wouldn't know. Uh, but anyway, that that's the point that I'm making is. I don't even know how where we started on this, but yes. Oh, just talk, we're talking about we have to talk about the Joey Janela versus AR Fox match for the WWE oh, yeah, champion. Sure. It, what seems like your televised main event for yes, Joe yes. Show Friday so. night. Um, I'm sure this will be good. The Skulk is yeah. going to be involved. Yeah. I hope there's some fun Skulk Penelope Ford interactions. Sure. That could right. be great. Yeah. All right. Evolved Tag Team Champion Chris Dickinson takes on Josh Briggs in a grudge match. Uh, oh, excuse me. I, I was trying to get. <laughs> I got the mute button for the second sneeze, but not the first one. I was like, oh, sneeze coming on. But then I was like, I don't want to just sneeze all over my mic. Sure, the that, was good. that I would use to mute the computer. I needed to use, you know, that arm to, you know, catch my sneeze. So, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so uh, Chris Dickinson versus Josh Briggs. This kind of is the uh, leftover from when Catchpoint was feuding with Josh Briggs. I don't know. I'm just not that interested in Josh Briggs. But I think, I, he's, but this could be good. Yeah, I think this will be all right. I think it's got potential. It could be good. It could be hard hitting. It could be fun. Definitely that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, because I've enjoyed the Josh Briggs, John Davis interactions, and Chris Dickinson is like, a much better version of uh, John Davis. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really think that through very well, but uh, they're both hard hitting and they're both uh, like technically solid wrestlers. Yeah. My point being, I can see how this could be good. Yeah. I can see how it could be good too. I think it'll be, we'll see. We have a special attraction match. The other evolved hacking champion, Jaka takes on Leon Ruff of the Skulk. Uh, this is a preview of the tag title match for Queens. Also, Ruff pinned Chris Dickinson uh, back at Evolve 110 in a six-man. Uh, I believe that was the Chicago show. A lot of fun when uh, Ruff got that pinfall. This I'm excited about because I'm happy to see Leon Ruff get a chance in a singles match. We'll see how he is. And, uh, I mean, the tag match is going to be great, so I'll be excited to get hyped up for that a little. Yeah, big test for the Skulk this weekend because they're getting kind of they're getting pushed into these big spots. And I think that this is where I think they're super entertaining. But at the end of the day, Evolve is in many ways like a quality wrestling promotion. 
We're going to see if these guys can deliver in the ring the way that they would need to, to be in consistently in more prominent spots on the card. So I'm excited. I'm rooting for them. I hope they deliver because they are, it's just such a fun act. Um, seeing Air Fox without them in Chicago was sad. Like I'm, I'm bringing some of my friends, uh, some of my comrades to uh, <laughs> the Evolve show in, in Laboom on Saturday. And like the, I think the skulk is like the thing that I, the single thing that I'm most excited about them seeing. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, anybody can enjoy the skulk. Right. You don't need an entry point. It's just like, right. boom, here's the yeah. skulk. So, like yeah. Right, there's also, for a little change of pace, there's going to be a, a shine four-way freestyle. Priscilla Kelly, Kiara Hogan, Dementia DeRose, and Aja Pereira. Uh, I like this. Throw a little women's wrestling on the card. It'll mix up. You know, there's a real concern, I think, with both these cards of being kind of flat and uh, kind of samey. And this will absolutely split up this card. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be fun. Get to see another Priscilla Kelly match. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see if we're going to get that Priscilla Kelly versus uh, Penelope match or Priscilla yeah. Kelly versus uh, Penelope versus Ayla Fox or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I can see Penelope getting involved in this match for sure. Yeah. And, well, I'm not going to fantasy book here, but I can I can sure. see some things that might happen. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Wow. I'm really appreciative on this on this show. Yeah. Special challenge match number one. Darby Allen takes on Anthony Henry. Uh, Darby beat Anthony Henry way back at Evolve 70 in October of 2016. Is that right, AT? Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Orlando. <laughs> oh, I, I can't believe this next note that AT has included in the rundown. Anthony Henry beat Darby at the 2017 Scenic City Invitational. Wow. That's really a pull there. And, of course, both are participants in the historic winner gets the contract fight for all match at FIP Everything Burns 2017, which Teddy Stigma ultimately won. So a lot of history between these two. A lot of history. Wow. Um, and I think this will be good. We've, gotten, oh, there's, there's there's no good Anthony Henry performances lately. They're really, you know, Lenny Leonard in the Matt Riddle mini doc was talking about how Darby Allen's going to be the guy who, who you know, succeeds – uh, Matt Riddle, the way that Riddle sort of filled Johnny Gargano's shoes. I think it's great. I think Darby's the guy. We saw a Darby Allen versus Shane Strickland match at the AEW show we went to. And while it didn't sort of give us everything we wanted, like they didn't really go all the way out. Um, I think that just watching Darby, you're like, this guy is so fucking good. This guy got so fucking good in like i don't know two and a half years here's my own i'm really excited about this here's my only criticism of darby as i've thought about all these great matches of his that we've seen lately he's very good at taking a beating right and then he's very good at once the actual comeback starts he's very good at that but he kind of like abruptly switches between the two it's like he's taking a beating. Boom, he's coming back. I feel like there could be a little bit better of a transition to really get you invested uh, going toward the end of the match. You're looking at me like I'm insane. I don't know. I just, I'm trying to think. I'm like, have I, no- I haven't noticed that. I'll look for it now. Well, 
keep your eyes out. I mean, keep I don't know if they'll do out. that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they'll do that setup in this match, but I'm sure this is going to be good. Darby is is the most authentic guy in this promotion. Sure. Yeah. Right? And he's also, in fairness, he's the guy who's been the best book. Like, he's the guy that they've had done the best job of having, like, feuds where there's, like, a beginning, middle, and an end for him. But they've also told us about him. Yes, right, those mini-docs. The mini-docs where he was going around the country and stuff were the yeah. some of the best stuff that they've done. He's yeah. relatable. We got a reason to root for him. Yeah. Important. All right. Special challenge match number two, J.D. Drake takes on the returning Harlem Bravado. His first appearance since June of 2016. Of course, former uh, champion in Evolve, Har- Harlem Bravado. Uh, I don't know what we're going to get out of uh, Mr. Bravado, but, uh, you know, always look forward to a J.D. Drake match. Sure. Okay. Special challenge match number three, Tracy Williams takes on John Davis. I don't know. We'll see. Well, yeah, that's like, I feel like this weekend, it feels like they're back on track. Like, I feel like there's a lot more matches where I'm like writing stuff in our notes. That's like, this is based on this thing that happened. And this is based on this thing. Um, however, um, you know, they've got to set some stuff up. They've they, they've done a decent job, but these sort of the back end of this card is kind of like, oh, well, I guess. And that's fine. It's fine to just have a random Tracy Williams versus John Davis match. You have Tracy's going for the the top title the next night. So it wouldn't really make sense to do a big thing with him the night before. So, yeah, I think it's it's fine. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I just worry about the ball sometimes can get in those ruts where it's just like, here's a match and here's a match and here's a match. And uh, I hope we don't end up back there. Sure. And uh, the big match. This is probably your uh, TV main event. Tag team attraction. Jason Kincaid and Facade. The uh, Neon Ninja taking on two WWN Seminar tryout winners. Uh, Jason Kincaid is back. He hasn't been around since Evolve 103. He's been uh, teaming with Facade in DDT, I believe, in Japan. Yep. Uh, Facade once appeared in a squash match against the Gatekeepers. WrestleMania week in 2017. I don't know. I don't really like either of these guys, but maybe as a team it'll work. We'll see. Yeah, so you're you're not fired up about your favorite wrestler, Jason Kincaid, making his triumphant return. I'm trying to find the positives here, AT, and you know maybe he'll uh, work better as a tag team wrestler. There are some All guys right. who just do better in that role. Yeah, we'll... we'll uh... We'll see. I hope that I was like, what was even happening? No, the last time we saw him, he was feuding with Jarek. Yep. No, he was feuding with Theory, right? Theory took him out. Yeah, he was feuding yeah, with Jarek. Well, Jarek was, was kind also, of involved too. Yeah. Yeah, but he was feuding with Fuck. It and was in had... Brooklyn, right? Hold on. Oh, let's just that. Is let's... this that important, AT? <laughs> wow. He also had that awful match with John Davis where Gabe publicly dragged That was forever Davis ago, as the uh, culprit for the match. You always bring that up. <laughs> Cuz it was savage. Um Also, I'm a John Davis stand. So. Right, right. Evolve. So he was feuding, right? He ended the theory feud and then he came back and was feuding with Jarek 
and then they had and then Jarek made him disappear from Evolve. Well, no, the last thing he did, he was in a four way over Mania weekend with AR Fox, Chris Brooks, and DJ Z. So that was yeah, no, it probably wasn't worth me going back and <laughs> doing that. You were right, I was wrong. That's anyway, okay. moving on. Evolve one thirteen in Queens, New York at Laboom. This will be on Saturday at six. Did I say that Evolve One Twelve was on Friday at eight PM? Six PM Laboom. AT will be there. Uh, the main event, exclusive experience for the live crowd. We've talked about this. Velveteen Dream is going to take on Darby Allen. The real bummer here for me is that means the only Darby Allen match I'm going to see this weekend is against Anthony Henry. I'm getting robbed of a Darby Allen match. Hmm. Yeah. All right. The TV main event, Evolve Championship match. Shane Strickland defends versus Tracy Williams. Uh, Tracy earned a title shot by beating Stokely Hathaway somehow. I'm not really sure how that works, <laughs> but here we are. And and Chris Dickinson. Sure. So. Sure. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Our good friend, friend of the show, Chelsea Cathcart, I know is cringing. Uh, afraid that I'm going to say something bad about Tracy Williams right now. I'm not going to. We'll just we'll see what happens. Let's say this. Let's talk about this, AT. Shane Strickland in AAW. He's a huge star. Or definitely more, it felt like more of a star than, or like, it's weird because he's not presented as much of a star as he is in Evolve, but he was no, but more he's popular. Super over. Yeah. That, that's it. He was just a huge, know, well, he felt like a huge him, star there. Yeah. Let's give him some time and Evolve. Yeah. I just we'll feel see. like the, I don't know, the Evolve crowds don't care about him. And he's been booked pretty well, other than that one match. But he's been booked pretty well, so I don't know. It's not looking good so far. We'll okay, see. let's let's well let's see this week. I'll make a judgment on his overness after this weekend. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what Laboom thinks about him. Yeah, maybe this will be. We'll see what happens with this match. It's such. A, it's kind of just a weird match. It's a very weird match. It's like it's tough because I guess like Tracy's the baby. I just forget that Tracy's like the baby face now because. Yep. There was really no – they haven't really done a great job of giving you affirmative reasons to root for him. Right. And, okay. uh, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. Yeah. Evolve Tag Team Championship match. Chris Dickinson and Jaka defend versus the Skulk. Uh, like we mentioned earlier, Leon Ruff pinned Dickinson in a six-man at Evolve 110. This is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, we get to see – uh, the Skulk in, you know, not multi-mans. And also it just really shows how bare the tag team division is now in this company. Yeah, these are like the two teams. I guess, yeah, the I guess end, you're right. They really are the other teams. The, right? end, the end aren't on these shows. No, I feel like they were brought back just to fill out the cards uh, for the progress tour. Gotcha. I mean, um, that's just... It's just my thought. Yeah. So I'm hyped for this though. I think this will be real. Like I, you know, we, oh, love, yeah, both, yeah. we love both of these, these squads. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Chris Dickinson and Jocka are like post post catch point. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Will they um, do the catch point hand signal? Maybe no Dom on these shows. That's right. No Dom. 
Odom, Saeed Al-Sabah left the company just while we're on guys who left. That was some news that we missed, right? Yeah, we, we haven't done it. No. no. Yeah, so Saeed Al-Sabah posted on Twitter that he had asked for his release from the company, and the company granted it. Uh, there was a story that Brent Brookhouse did. Mm-hmm. Where he did a little bit of an interview with Saeed. Didn't really get a lot more from him except just that there were creative differences between uh, Evolve and Saeed, and so he wanted to leave. So there you go. Is there anybody else from last month who's not there this month? I feel like we mi- we missed that a lot. <laughs> yeah. We just kind of look at the cards in front of us. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's very funny that Al Sabala came in, pinned Jaka twice, was in, you know, a tag, pinned a tag team champion twice, was in a semi main, and then was like, ah, creative differences, like, peace, I'm out. Yep. Kind of badass. Like- it looked like he was really getting, uh, they were really getting behind him. Yeah. Um, so that, I don't know. Well, but like, that's a dude who had, like, I don't think he was like, you know, we, we discussed how we felt about, how I felt about that Jocka mat, that singles match in Michigan, where yeah. it was like, I don't think he's quite there yet, but like, definitely like, dug the aesthetic and the cool moves, and like, clearly he has potential. So, yeah. Sad to see him go. Yep. Same. Uh, but yeah, this tag team match is going to be good. The title match is going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. Yeah. Kind of know how it's going to go in your head. Right. Um, yeah. And then we get one of the better built matches in the company. Teacher versus student grudge match. AR Fox takes on Austin Theory. Uh, this is, again, compelling because it builds on, you know, personal relationship between these two guys. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I want to see AR Fox whip this guy's ass, right? Yeah. They presented this story as AR Fox is just this genuine, fun-loving dude who wants to see his students succeed. And Austin Theory is just being a, a manipulative shithead talking about, how, oh, where was AR Fox when I joined this company? Now, now, now that I'm a star, he's just like coming back into my life and trying to take advantage. Like, Theory's just being an asshole. He's being manipulative. He's like playing off of AR Fox's sincere feelings for him and, and trying to like twist him into guilt. I don't know, it's a it's a good story and I'm excited. I'm like, yeah, a good feud. Like it makes they have like real reason to be fighting. And um yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Yep. Um and, and you would think that they know each other very well and so right yes this could be really good (laughs) i just can never get over the idea of the different universe where austin theory is in the skulk you're right (laughs) yeah i just just love it so much yeah uh special attraction match wwn champion joey janela takes on jd drake uh this i kept thinking oh i forgot something i wanted to say and now i'm thinking of it and I can say it because it relates to Joey Janela, because he mentions in his promo that he's going to be wrestling Trey Miguel on this show. Uh, but we got in the WWN alerts today that Trey Miguel is off the shows for some reason. So yeah, no explanation. Nope, no Trey Miguel. Maybe he asked for his release too. <laughs> it's weird that like yeah, I keep thinking back to that whole crop of guys like Trey Miguel, Myron Reed, um, Zach Woods. The- 
Zach Wentz. Was Desmond Xavier in the promotion at all? I can't remember. Maybe. Maybe just Wentz. I don't know. But yeah, that whole like crop of guys where they were like Trey Miguel, where they're all like, yeah, all these new guys coming in. They're the new blood. They're the future. And then they were like gone after two weekends. I guess that's kind of what I, I didn't say it very well earlier, but that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about AEW is that when Evolve brought in those guys, I was like, oh, Evolve is understanding like who the hot names right. are and bringing in the hot names. Yeah. And uh, I mean, pretty much all those guys work AEW. Uh, or do at yeah. times, you know, and we saw Myron Reed there this weekend and it's like that felt cool. But then they were all gone very quickly. So, well, yeah, even like Brody King's went in their title and we saw Brody King do like what a four way on a prelim. Yeah. And then never the show up again. Allen. Yeah. Who, I don't know why, but, you know, just never, never came back. So. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This is uh, Janela J.D. Drake is like aesthetically very interesting. It's hard for me to really imagine what it's going to look like. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I guess it's non-title and their cards got thrown around because it's weird, right? Like J.D. Drake is wrestling Janela after losing twice last weekend. Um, Right. And I guess you have him win here to set up a title match or do you just have him... I don't know. I, I already feel like Janela's got pinned too many times. Yeah. I would not pin him again. Sure. Who's Drake wrestling the night before? Does Unless Drake have a match the night before? Oh, he's wrestling Harlem Bravado. So you'd think he'd beat Harlem Bravado. Yeah, so maybe that's where I'll kind of get on the comeback. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just interested to see what it looks like. I think it'll be interesting. For sure. And that's it. More to be announced with Anthony Henry, Josh Briggs, John Davis, Harlem Bravado, Jason Kincaid, and others. So we don't know what any of those guys is going to be doing. Those are the cards. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're good. I think, like, initially I was like, eh, it doesn't, like, the the Laboom card doesn't have, like, the buzzy match that they usually do, but... Getting the Velveteen Dream Darby Allen match really changed the complexion of the card from a live perspective. And now it's like, oh, it's this is like kind of a hot little card here. Um, and I think I, know, I think the matches are it seems like a decent show. I mean, they miss the star power of of Lee and Riddle and Zach, and they need, you know, Darby needs to take that. Darby's gonna take that next step, I have no doubt, but he needs to take that next step and they need you know, Janelle is a big, st- I mean, Janelle is only going to be in a bigger star after all in and his performance there. Um, yeah, they, they just need more star power. They just need a little more star power, but these cards look good. Like I think the wrestling will be good. If the, if the Jopa crowd doesn't just swallow everything that's decent and yeah, ruin it. They also just need like more exciting guys. <laughs> sure. Like the stuff, what was cool, and I didn't even like their matches when they came in, but when like Miguel and uh, Myron Reed and that bunch came in, it's like, well, at least you know you're going to see like, some exciting stuff in their matches and it can break up the monotony a little bit. Right. Uh, a lot of this stuff, I just don't know about. I don't know. We'll see. There's, you know, the first night, it's really Darby and Anthony Henry is really the only match that I'm fired up for. 
And then uh, the Skulk versus Doom Patrol, of course, I'm fired up for. And Air Fox and Austin Theory should be good. But I don't know. These are a little dire to me. I mean, the Jopa shows are hard because they're always bad. So you kind of just like, you're like, well, I wouldn't put any good matches in that building either. Yeah, but you I know? just run somewhere else, you know. <laughs> you would you would think that eventually they would be like, oh, this like hurts us. Like anyone who right. sees those is going to think less of our promotion. Now, they may draw really well because of Velveteen Dream because Adam Cole right. brought out a huge crowd. Right. It's a little different. Velveteen Dream's it's not like... Down. yeah. He's not like Bullet Club adjacent, you know? I think he might be a bigger star than Adam Cole. Really? I think he might. I think he'll, like, draw better than Adam Cole. Now, that's a take. We should have let off of that. Because he's, like, more interesting. He... Oh, I feel like sucks. it's, like, I mean, equally he's... over with the NXT card. And yeah. it's, like, he's more interesting to see live because his gimmick is different and i don't know if you're an, a wrestling fan you had a million chances to see adam cole in buildings in these kinds of environments right sure but you know you never really unless you were like really hip to like the mcw scene you didn't really see Velvet. And, and he wasn't doing this gimmick, so it was like a completely different guy. Right. So you're seeing it. Yeah, this is like your only chance to see the experience, right? In kind of this indie setting. Yeah, I just think that the thing about Adam Cole, what made him a big draw for them is that the people who already watch Evolve are familiar with Adam Cole. Right. I don't know that those people... Well, they're, they're not as familiar with Velveteen Dream as they are with Adam Cole. I don't think there's any question about that. But they're familiar. They, I, I don't... I think that everyone who would go to an Evolve... Like, everyone who goes to Evolve regularly knows both of those guys. I think so. But you know what I mean? It's like Adam Cole already had a connection with those people. or They already had some... Uh, uh, he already had relevance to them before he ever went to NXT. Yeah. Velveteen Dream didn't. That's my only point. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what the crowd looks like. I hope it's huge. I hope they're hot. I hope the show rules, obviously. Because I got to watch it either way. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope it's really good. All right. Well, I guess that's it. We got uh, no fire to close this with. So Friday and Saturday, they'll run. Uh, We'll record soon after and try to get up earlier next week than we did the last time they did shows. (laughs) <laughs> it was like Thursday when we got up last time. Bad job at us. Yeah, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be tough for me. It's gonna be it's a tough week. It's get out the vote week in, uh, uh-huh. in North Brooklyn for friend of the show Julia Salazar. Yeah, big friend of the show. Big friend of the show. Is um, Julia Salazar aware of the podcast? Hmm. Maybe. I feel like I don't know that if I've explicitly talk to Julia Salazar about the podcast, but she sees my post. Well, I think unless she's muted me, which is possible, right? <laughs> but she you follows you. She follows me, but she may have me muted. I wouldn't blame her, right? My posts yeah. are bad. So I think I would say there's, um, I would give it a 50% chance. Uh, Julia is aware of the podcast, but anyway, yeah. Everything involves is going to be running New York state government before too long. I mean, 
maybe we'll see we'll see um you know got to get this w if you live in bushwick parts of williamsburg cypress hills parts of bedsty if you live in sentence new york state senate district 18 please go out on september 13th and vote for Julius Salazar, a democratic socialist running to protect tenants, fight landlords, and uh, build a more just society. Really, really great candidate. We're really excited about her. Um, yeah, it's, it, it would be a pretty... And she's running against this dude who's been in office for a while, and he uh, just takes a lot of money from the real estate industry. He voted with landlords on an important policy called vacancy decontrol, which basically... Um, ends rent stabilization. If landlords can get the rent up to a certain price, they can just start charging people as much as they want. Um, yeah. So Julia's great. Martin Delon sucks. I don't know. I, I heard Julia uh, was a Republican not that long ago. Wow. <laughs> AV uh, has betrayed everything evolved. <laughs> Yeah, Julia, Julia Salazar was like a big time Republican in college, but she has good politics now. And who among us has not had bad politics at some point in our life? It's true. I was just kidding. I think yeah. Julia uh, is great. Yeah. So Also, yeah. I think yeah. I think a lot about your uh, tweet about the top five worst state senators of all time. Yeah. Delon, 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 <laughs> Delon, Delon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Think yeah. about that a lot. Yeah, thanks. That's a good post. Good post. Um, Julia saw that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, we saved the best content for last. Yeah, as always. Thanks for listening, friends. We'll see you with our review shows, hopefully early next week. Uh, yep. Yeah. All right. For Aaron, I'm Aaron. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc